Hello, 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 everybody out there in podcast land. It's not Karen, it's Mary, the marinator. And I'm here to introduce you to Hardcore ER. Are you ready to get hardcore? Well, then sit back, relax, hold on to your seat, and get ready for another amazing and harrowing tale that Karen experienced in the ER. Thank you, Mary. What an opening. We're going to keep that one, I think. (laughs) So one part we have to add is coming live from beautiful Beautiful Toronto, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Canada. Well, there's one thing you guys need to know about today when we're recording, that there's a crazy winter ice storm going on outside. And no matter where we are in our home, you're going to hear it. And I think it's kind of cool because you can enjoy this weather with us today. So it's blustery and windy and you're going to hear ice pellets at the window. Likely, you're not going to hear any of this and I'm setting you up for nothing. But if you do, it's not my bad editing. Mm-hmm. It's the weather. Okay, let's get started. First of all, I want to say that I really appreciate, we really appreciate the positive, lovely, supportive feedback we got uh, from you guys in regards to Mary participating. And I think we agree that we want to keep you around, Mary, because you're pretty awesome. Thanks, everybody, and thank you for all the kind words. That's it? That's all you have to say? (laughs) (laughs) Mary is a woman of few words sometimes. I'm the one that's the chatterbox, but yes, Mary is a keeper for sure. At least I'm going to keep her for a while. Just a while? Forever, forever. When deciding which episode to pick this time around, we both agreed that the story I'm about to tell fits in line to the subject matter I've been discussing lately, which is DID, a Dissociative Identity Disorder. The feedback that I've got from some of you is that you're not quite sure whether you believe it's a, a true disorder, and I can totally understand why. I just want to say for the record that my beliefs are that when this disorder was named multiple personality disorder, I think it was an incorrect name for it, so to speak, because it implied that people had multiple personalities, where I think that it being discussed as dissociative identity disorder, that it explains it better. And when they updated the DSM-5, which as you know is the psychiatry bible, I think they got more of the diagnosis absolutely right. Because dissociative identity disorder, I believe, focuses on that it's a coping mechanism as opposed to splintering of separate personalities. And through treatment, um, hospitalization, well, hardcore treatment, that these people are able to identify these things, work through their traumas, and not so much integrate, but just learn how to live with who they are and enjoy life and all the great things that there are out there instead of the horrible abuse that they've experienced. I digress. I've gone off a subject a little bit there, but what do you have to say about that, Mary? Well, I think that was an excellent explanation, and I think it's true that, you know, these these DID-type traits that come out are definitely born out of trauma. I would <clears throat> beg to differ that you'd find any person with this disorder that has not experienced trauma. So on that note... Yeah, I say call it what you will, but... The brain has an incredible way to cope and survive. 
And if these people are telling me or saying that they've gone through this trauma and this is how they survived it, that's brilliant. That's amazing. And instead of labeling you, I'm going to say you're a survivor. You're amazing. And I hope that this world is able to help you heal. Okay. Well, my chair's farting. Can you hear that? Are you ready to get hardcore? I want you to comment on my farting chair. <laughs> Actually, it's Mary. Mary farts a lot. I do. I do. <laughs> I was going to say I don't, but I sometimes blame it on the dog, but yeah, no. She she fartles herself. I, no, I don't fartle. Coco fartles. Our dog, she <laughs> literally lets one rip and... Runs away. Yeah, and leaves us with the fallout. <laughs> so let's get started on this episode now that we've got some of the fun out of the way. Get down to the more serious subject at hand. I have to say that this is probably one of the most disturbing cases that I've ever worked with and come across. And it's not from horrible, horrible outside wounds, horribly broken legs or body or that kind of thing. Though there are some of that in this story, but I believe that the wounds are not seen initially with this little man. I think you're going to see this. So a bit of the backstory on this is that there was a mother and a little boy that arrived to the airport in Canada from a South American country. The mother was flagged by the airport police customs to be inspected. It turns out that the mother was a drug mule. She was arrested and taken into custody. And the little boy who was four years old was apprehended by children's aid, which means that they took him into custody, not that he did anything wrong, but they, they took him into protective custody. They brought him to the hospital to be examined because they don't know whatever conditions that he had been in, especially in this situation, knowing that he was the child of a drug mule, got to make sure that he doesn't have any drugs on board and that he himself wasn't being used as one because, yeah, that... Uh, that does happen. So when the child was received at the hospital, he was friendly and cooperative, as we would say. He was smiling and he acted like a kind of like a regular happy four-year-old boy. Upon a simple exam, it was noted that he had cigarette burns on his arms and legs and back. And the thing that really stood out to me initially is that he was dressed like a little man, like a rich little man. He had these long, beautiful dreadlocks that you can see that were, were done beautifully. He had on gold jewelry, rings, his ears pierced, big fat gold necklace and a big old gold watch. He had expensive running shoes and jeans. I mean, designer clothes. He, he looked like, yeah, a really rich, grown man, little dude. So like I said, the child initially behaved like a regular, happy, healthy four-year-old. After initial exam, he was admitted to the hospital and settled into a room. We had TV and movies. We got him all the toys we could get our hands on and gathered up some snacks. It was after midnight, so it's not an easy task. So we all dug into our lunches and we came up with some of our best goodies to make sure that he had some good stuff to eat. He was going to stay in the hospital overnight to get further exams in the morning. And this little guy was my patient. As it was late, I got him a toothbrush and toothpaste and set up a basin to help him freshen up and got some really cozy flannel pajamas. But he refused all this. 
There was no coaxing him. And I wasn't going to push the issue because, I mean, this was a, a potentially, if not traumatizing situation for this little guy. He's at the airport with his mom. She's taken away. He's taken by strangers and brought into a, a hospital. And hospitals are usually scary places for everybody. So I just, I, I didn't push the issue. And he kept asking about where his mom was. And, and I had to deflect and ensure him that he was safe and sound. And that she was going to be okay. All of a sudden, his personality completely changed. His facial features, his mannerisms. If possible, he puffed up and he got bigger. His eyes went black as coal and he looked angry, hateful and defiant. He had a scowl. No, it was more like a, sna a snarl on his face and his voice was like a 30-year-old hardened criminal. I asked him to get into bed and I would put on a Disney movie and I had a warm blanket, you know, me and my warm blankies and got some stuffies and, and water and juice and I was going to sit by his side and leave a little light on. He looked me directly in the eyes and he said, no, I will not. He spoke this through his teeth. He said to me, I'm a bad, bad man and I will kill you. Whoa. Yeah, it was, uh... <laughs> That would be kind of freaky. <laughs> he became, like I said, he went from this adorable, cute little guy to a grown man. A, and menacing grown man. So quick. It, it, it shocked me. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. It became very clear to me the depths of his abuse. The things that he had seen. The life that he had lived. And he did have signs of abuse all over his body. Burn scars, old and new bruises. X-rays showed that he had had two broken ribs, a broken arm, and a skull fracture in his young life. It all had healed. But when did he get them? How? Who? Why? Why? Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But what about the psychological scars? Will those ever heal? I was looking at and taking care of a young sociopath, I believe. A psychopath in the making through no fault of his own. A little boy who turned on a dime, who said to me and two other nurses, I'll kill you, bitch. You listen to me. I'll kill you, slut. I'll shoot you. I'll cut you. Oh. Yeah, yeah. This is a very sick little boy. It's a four-year-old boy. That's, I don't know, is that mimicking a behavior or is that? This is where it, it defies me. I, I don't know if he was mimicking behavior or he saw this behavior or he was being groomed i don't know but it was it was one of the most awful scary things i've ever seen it i did and i mean it literally felt sick to my stomach and i had goosebumps my hair kind of stood up on end because like i said if you closed your eyes and heard or or i mean you had to see him too he became a grown, menacing, hardened criminal. Like I said, this is a very sick little boy. I listened to his threats. I didn't react. I, I calmly and firmly told him that it was time for bed and that I would stay at his side. And he stood and stared at me, trying to intimidate me, but it seemed like he was also trying to figure me out. And as quick as he turned into this threatening monster, his face softened, and he quietly crawled into bed, I helped him into his pajamas and tucked him in with a few teddy bears that the EMS and the police had given him. 
I put a Disney movie on, and I held his hand until he fell asleep. He was still asleep when my shift was over, and during the night we found out some more details about this little guy. His mom was a known drug mule, one of many for a very powerful drug smuggling operation. When she was not running drugs, she was being prostituted out. The little boy was used as a decoy to try and throw off the scent, so to speak. The father of this little boy was a relatively high-ranking member of this gang, and he was being groomed to run the business, being taught how to be a bad, bad man. When I came back again that night, he was discharged to Children's Aid, and I never heard anything about him again. But he's never left me. I can only hope that somehow he had gotten some help. I can only hope that he, he maybe was adopted to a, to a loving family and, and, and brought up with lots of love and guidance and support. But something tells me that probably didn't happen, and I don't like to think any further than that. Harry, what are your thoughts? Wow. Um, I don't know what I would have done in that situation. I mean, I think I would have been like you in shock and just sort of with my mouth open. But, you know, I think, you know, was he, if he's seen this behavior before, was this a way of him trying to get his way? Or that's how he'd seen someone else get their way. So he thought, okay, I'll mimic that behavior. Or was this actually his dissociated personality or something that he did to cope? I'm not sure. I don't know what the answer is, but scary to think a little guy like that and then all of a sudden, you know, saying, I'll kill you, slut. Like, my mind's blown. <laughs> yeah, uh, me too. Or even when I say these words to you, to everybody out there, I feel like I'm reading off a script. Like, I feel like I'm telling a, uh, a fictional story. But if I hadn't have been there and seen this little guy and had other nurses that witnessed it and, and were at the short end of this as well, it's hard to believe that this is even a true story. And again, talking about hardcore ER, it's not always blood and guts. The blood and guts is what rips your heart out. And this little guy had cuts and bruises and burns and fractures and all of that. And, and why? Why did he get this? Like, it makes me think, like, did his mother torture him because of the life that she lived and maybe hated the father? Did the father do this to tough, try to toughen him up? Who did this to him? Why? Four. At the age of four, he had suffered so many injuries Bad enough that he arrived with fresh ones. That would have been enough for me to, you know, want to tear up the room and hunt down and find who this person was and take them out. But she gets a little um, intense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on. She's a mama bear. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Oh. She wants to protect every little kid out there. You, you got it. You got it. Yeah, so do you. You're just a little bit more quiet about it. You're the one that uh, would be covert. You would sneak up behind them and maybe do some pillow therapy in the night. <laughs> Put a pillow over their head. I'm a stealthy mama bear. Yeah, exactly. Maybe like a, a mountain lion, maybe. Yeah. A stealthy mama bear. Oh, come mama on. Do, do your scary mountain lion sound. Oh, okay. Everybody's shaking in their boots from that? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, getting back to it, I, I just I just wonder like who abused this little guy and then further... Oh, 
Do you hear the police sign out there? Spooky. Like I said, God, I hope it's not an accident. The weather's really bad out there. Um, and where did he learn this? Was, was, was this what he was witnessing? Like, I don't know, maybe I've watched too many movies and my imagination is too big, but I, I can picture this little guy in this big old house where all this crazy activity and parties and God knows what is going on. And he's witnessing uh, either the behavior of his father or other men. And this is how he treated other women and, and prostitutes. And he was seeing what works for them and it will work for him too. Or was he dissociating into uh, this, this personality, this coping mechanism when he felt threatened and scared? I don't know. I, I've thought about this so many times and over and over again. I, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know. Either way, this is one of the most horrible, horrible uh, stories and situations that I experienced. And if it's happening to him, it's happening to a hell of a lot more of other kids growing up in these these homes and these situations. I think one of the things that. Uh, people expected when you first said you were going to do hardcore ER was, you know, some stories about degloved legs or, you know, amputations or whatever, these kind of, you know, more serious blood and guts, blood and guts. But I think with these stories, they shake your foundations a little bit more. Tissues like skin and bones, you know, they heal. They can heal. There'll be scars, but they will heal themselves up. Our body is an amazing healing mechanism. The brain, however, is much more complex. It's still a mystery to us, a lot of the aspects of the brain and why it does certain things. And we now know more about the brain with neuroplasticity and stuff uh, that's going on out there, research and stuff. But the personality and how that's shaped and how it manifests and how to heal it is much more complex than... In his formative years, you know, we're talking about this I almost feel when I'm talking about him, I forget that I'm talking about a four-year-old. A four-year-old. This is not a 10-year-old, a 12-year-old, a teenager. God forbid. There is not a good age. But four. Four. A tiny. Four. Just, four. <laughs> he was a little man. Yeah. Little man. And I think other than the obvious reasons why this case haunts me is I couldn't fix him. What? I was I was a guardian for him for one night. You know, I, I gave him a the hospital and the nurses I worked with and myself, we gave him a safe haven for one night. Can you imagine from his perspective what happened? Or is his life full of so, so much chaos that it was just another day for him? You know, um, but yeah, I mean, I felt helpless in this situation because I can't fix him. Or help him. See, when someone comes in with a broken arm or something like that, you can set that. You can fix that. You know, God, God, God willing, it's going to heal itself. I can give them something for the pain. Exactly. There is no painkiller for this. No. And I think the thing that touched me a lot was when you talked about uh, him falling asleep, holding your hand. I can just picture this little guy, this little hand, and you being so caring and loving, holding his little hand. And just hoping and praying that he's going to be okay. But it must be so hard to not, you know, you're just so helpless. You have no way to heal him, like you said. Yeah, when he when he was in bed and sleeping, 
he was a little guy again and he was really holding on to my hand onto my fingers he wasn't that intimidating scary you can't touch me man he was a i guess a, a tired scared little guy that needed a hand to hold so yeah i, I <laughs> my drive home was interesting definitely at that point in my life i was i was about an hour away from where i worked uh, 40 minutes and I raged all the way home. <laughs> I was I went from angry to uh, sad. Anyway, by the time I got home, I, I was able to go to sleep because <laughs> I worked it, a lot of it out. But uh, it was yeah, one of those cases I never forget about. But that's it for today. That's today's Hardcore ER. Thank you for joining us. We hope you're warm and cozy wherever you are. We're gr- very grateful that we are. Even though there's sleet and snow and, well, actually sleet and ice pellets pinging on our window, but we're happy to be warm and cozy wherever wherever you are. We hope you are, too. Yeah, if you're in the Toronto area, you're getting this right now. What's today? April the 15th? 15th, 15th. yep. Yeah, April the 15th, Mother Nature, you biatch. <laughs> Get it together. <laughs> Make up your mind. All right, that's it for today. Thank you for joining me and Mary at Hardcore E-R. E-R.